0: Welcome back to the Successful Practitioner Podcast. I'm your host, Sam, and together we are going to explore what it takes to build your version of success as a health professional. Today, I am joined by the delightful Rachel Favilla. Rach is a holistic nutritionist, passionate yoga teacher, whimsical author of four incredibly hilarious books, curious astrologer, And high school teacher in training. Her mission in life is to marry health with humor and science with soul, and a respectable amount of sass, which I definitely respect. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rach.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sam.
0: I love how you've just got so much going on. You are a girl after my own heart, of just doing all of the things that light you up, and I'm so excited to actually find out how you came on this journey because it is such a big one for someone who is, as we were discussing before, still quite young as well. So how did you start on your journey to becoming a practitioner in the first place?
1: Well, I guess it technically started when I was um, 14 years old. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called autoimmune hepatitis. And by the time I'd had symptoms for a few years, but they were very vague, so they could all of them... All of them clustered together weren't great, but all of them could have been explained away by something else. Um, And the body is just so resilient that I just kept going and going and I didn't want to be the sick girl. So I'm like, oh, it's not that bad, not that bad. And so by the time um, we found it or the doctors found it, um, I'd lost 98% liver function. I was almost put on the liver transplant list. I was put on a whole cocktail of medications and I didn't really respond well to them. And I think that was probably just because my liver was so damaged that I was not metabolizing them properly. So if anything, they made me worse and, yeah, it wasn't looking good. Um, And the doctors didn't really know what to do because the medications weren't working. And I just had this intuitive feeling that um, food, it was just, I just was like, "Mm, there's something to do with food. Not really sure. Don't know where this is coming from, but let's just, let's just see. And then like, just little things would cross my path, like a little thing in a magazine or something someone would say, or I just have this urge to like read an ingredient list. And I'd be like, Oh, I can't pronounce this probably shouldn't be going into my body. And um, so, you know, just started changing little things, basically just got onto whole foods, didn't cut any, out any food groups, didn't do anything extreme, just ate whole foods, got rid of the foods that were sprayed with Roundup. And so, you know, wheat, corn, soy, all of that sort of stuff. And um, I started to go into remission, like my blood test started to get better. My liver started to regenerate um, eventually, like within a few years I was off all medication. And so, this I was diagnosed at the end of year eight, start of year nine. So this was all going on around that age when people are like, oh, so what are you going to do when you finish school? And um, around that time, it kind of went from paediatric nurse to naturopath to nutritionist. And that was a uh, nutritionist was what I stuck with. Um, so yeah, when I finished high school, there wasn't really anything else I was super passionate about other than nutrition. So that's what I went and did. Um, and I guess we're just groomed to be nutrition. Clinical nutritionists. Like, I don't know if I thought that's really what I wanted to do, but I was like, well, I guess that's what nutritionists do. Um, and then the closer and closer it got to me finishing my degree, I was already writing my first book. So I'm like, well, I don't really want to set too much up for when I graduate because I really want to put all of my love into my book. So when I graduated, it, for me, it was mainly like teaching yoga, which is my um, other one of my other jobs, as you said in the intro, and book stuff. And I wasn't really sure if I wanted to practice I was like I feel like there's something more for me I don't really know what it is yet but I feel like it's more than just that um but then some people started approaching me and it was like well technically I can so we you know we sat down and I clumsily like tried to unlearn some of the stuff I'd learned when I did my clinical placement because it was too clinical for me and I wanted to make it more personable um yeah, and over time, you know, misadventures and learning curves and now I do see clients regularly um, in addition to studying and teaching yoga and doing astrology readings and writing books. Um, well, you could say I'm a little bit indecisive about um, or just multi-passionate maybe would be a better way. So that's kind of we can unpack a lot of things from there, but that's basically the, the starting points probably, um, the autoimmune disease.
0: Yeah, and listen, I do hear from a lot of people that they, you know, think they're indecisive or they can't decide which direction they want to go in. And sometimes it is just a little bit of fear, particularly for younger pracs, but often it is that we are just multi passionate because we're not designed to just go after one thing. You know, there is no reason why, as a practitioner, you can only be. A clinical practitioner, or you can only be an author, or anything. You kind of get to just go along the journey and go, okay, this is something I'm interested in doing, and you stick with that for three, six, nine, twelve months, get that set up, and then you go, oh, okay, so now I'm interested in this, and and that's what we've seen you do over the past couple of years is that you have just sort of slowly added rather than trying to do everything all at once. That might be what it looks like to people when they they hear. Everything that you do, but it's been a slow process. You didn't write four books in four months.
1: No, although I did write the last two books in within four months of each other. So
0: yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, it's it's something that's slowly slowly added up over time. And yeah, and sure. obviously, once you've written one book, it becomes easier to write future books as well because you've you've surpassed that that first mark. And you can just go, okay, I've done it before. I know how to do it. And it becomes so much easier to do.
1: You know, I love the way you said about like, yeah, you set things up and then you bring in the new thing. Cause you're right. That's exactly what I did. And I would just advise to anyone, just start somewhere. Don't worry about ha- having everything polished and perfect. And it's like, sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it. You're not confident, but you know, deep down you can do it. You do it. And then it's like, oh, I actually can do this. And then. The next time when you have that, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. You're just like, well, let's give it a go. Let's just put it out there. And then you're like, oh, I can do that. And it just, then one day you're looking back and it's like, oh, I can't believe I was scared to do that. It was fine. What was I, what was I scared of?
0: So I think that happens so much in a practitioner journey. But speaking of, I'm sure there's a lot of student pracs out there listening who, are, who could not even comprehend writing their first book. So how did you do that?
1: Oh, my goodness. I was so resistant. Like, it's always been something I wanted to do. I love writing, particularly creative writing. Um, But honestly, I remember I was 20 and it wasn't even the first time someone had said said it to me. People had said it to me for like a few years leading up to this. They're like, so when are you going to write a book? And honestly, I was like, calm down. Like, I am 20. Just let me be a young person. My God. And um, then my best friend at the time, she said it to me. And for some reason, I decided to listen to her and I was like, oh, but like, but I was still really like, oh, but like, I'm a nutrition student. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm I eat plant-based, like it's such a cliche. It's annoying. It, frankly, it annoys me how cliche it is. I like really, who wants to read about that? That has been done to death. She's like, yeah, but you're funny. Like put some of your humor in. You're a bit different. Write your story down. And so I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't want to just do an autobiography. I don't want to just do a health book. I don't want to just do a recipe book. So I'm like, oh, what if I combine genres? And it's like my story woven into like health information, but it's very conversational and there's analogies and jokes and cartoons and then at the end of every chapter you get a recipe that supports the body system we just talked about. That has not been done. So it just kind of came from there and honestly I would just, in every spare moment I had, I would just write and write and write and I ended up with 61 chapters, realised no one was going to publish that, even if I paid for it. They're like, too much, take it back. So I... Went back to the drawing board and was like, all right, how can I take the essence of this but condense it? And at that point, I had favourite chapters. that were. I'm like, that's funnier than that one. I'm like, no, they all need to be equally as golden. So I kind of rejigged it. And then it was like, oh, I have this manuscript. Oh, well, I better contact a publisher. And then it kind of just went from there. And then I found an artist to bring my creations to life because I, I can dream them, but not really drawing. is not really my thing. Um, I try, but yeah. So again, it was kind of like, kind of like you said, it was just a drip, drip fed journey. I did one thing and then the next thing. And then it's kind of like when you've put enough work into something, you're like, well, this has to come to something now. So yeah, it was, was I wouldn't say it was easy, but it was worth it. And then it did make the next ones a lot easier because I had that confidence I'm like, oh, and I think as well, once you've put something out there and it's been well received, you're like, oh, people like this. Okay. I'm to something. So that makes it easier. Whereas with your first one, you're like, am I the only one laughing at this? <laughs> so there we go.
0: Yeah. And and I love that you, you've you sort of talked there about just getting started. And this is something that I'll have to do on a separate podcast once it's progressed a little bit. But I've just recently taken a step where the first thing I did was, was book a call with someone so I could ask the, the big, scary questions, because to me, my next step is so big and so overwhelming but getting someone on a call and asking all of those questions about the things that were terrifying me and she gave me you know, really simple, clear answers and I now know what my next steps are, that was the biggest step. And everything from here, although there's going to be lots of steps to get to it, it really is that first step that will get you there. So you even just sitting down and starting to write a book was that first step. And then from there, adding chapters, editing it, getting it to a part like all of that is, is like you said, you'd already put the effort in. So it just kind of snowballed from there.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So once you actually had your, your book as your baby, where did it go from there? Like, what did that look like for you?
1: Like when it came out? Yeah had been a little bit naive whilst writing it like just like so excited so like ready to get it out there there was like a just a big load of energy like this needs to come out now or yesterday um and then I think it was like oh my god that is I have written a lot of personal stuff in this book like not ashamed of it but just like oh wow like anyone could find that out about me now Ooh. like just this a level of vulnerability I think and I think the thing I had not anticipated that I am still learning about years later um my first when they come out coming up to three years now I think since it's been out which is wild um is like the marketing side of things um because it's like oh yeah, like I have to tell people about my book consistently and I have to not talk it up, but just like tell people that it's really, you know, it's amazing, it's worth reading and all of that. And I guess I hadn't anticipated, how, I mean, when it first came out, I think there was just that momentum of like, people knew I'd been writing it. So it was easier. It would have been weird had I not been all all about it. But then after several months, I was a bit like, oh my God, like, I feel like I need to shut up. Like it's old news, even though it wasn't at all. So it's been just I suppose that continuous, this the doubt or like I don't want to annoy people. I don't want to seem like I'm talking about myself because it's mine, even though I'm like, it's its own little entity. It's its own little world. Yes, I birthed it and it is it's me in a book. But yeah, I think it was navigating the fear and which, which sometimes still comes up even four books later. Um and I think as well because the last year and a half of my degree I'd been so focused on the book, I hadn't really planned Beyond that, it was like I was just, that was that was the ceiling, it was the, the book coming out, and it was like, oh, it's come out. Oh, I've launched it. Oh, oh, what next? Crap, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I think I had like that quarter life crisis around them when I'm like, I have no idea what my next move is. Um, but I think that because the book's very educational, and people would say to me, like, the comments I get the most are, that was explained really well. Like, you made that make sense, and it was really funny. I'm like oh I'm good at educating and it's funny both my parents were teachers so I always swore I'd never be a teacher like no too cliched not not for me I'll be a yoga teacher but that's as close as we're going to get and between the book and I had a few tutoring students and I did some volunteer work in primary schools I'm like oh no I am a teacher (laughs) so then um I think as well when the pandemic hit, I had a lot of space and time to think about my next move while we were all at home contemplating our navels. And um, I was like, yeah, okay, Masters of Secondary Teaching is my next move. So I started that last year and I'll finish at the end of next year. Um, And my majors are Nutrition and Health and Wellbeing and then my minors are uh, Health and Science. So I'll be teaching those subjects and probably others um, as well. The way the education system works um, in schools soon.
0: That's very exciting and I I think a lot of parents are going to benefit from having you out there teaching their kids so that there's there's a little less resistance when it comes to teenagers you know eating their veggies and drinking some water and all of that good stuff that I know I rebelled and, and I really resonated when you said you know you didn't want to be a teacher that was me actually with health because my mom was a nurse. My sister was a nurse. My aunt was a pharmacist. Like every woman in the family was somehow related to, to, to health. And, and it was the conventional stream. So I guess I went a little bit rogue with uh, coming over to the dark side of holistic uh, practitioners. <laughs> um, but then then it ended up having the the opposite effect where my mom is now studying naturopathy because I dragged her over to the dark side with gluten-free cookies. So isn't it interesting how we, we have these sort of genetic predispositions and we fight it so hard when we're young, but, you know, it is in your nature to teach and to make people laugh. So why not turn that into your career?
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's funny, like, I think I was definitely meant to do everything I already did first. I don't think I was meant to go straight into the classroom. I was supposed to be a nutritionist first and an author first and, like, because I get to bring all of that into the classroom I would have had the passion anyway just from my own journey but even then like I've benefited so much just from having the deeper understanding as well and it's so much easier like just even being a nutritionist to not you know you don't get caught up in fads you don't get taken for a ride with things you're like that's lovely that that worked for you I'm not you so I'm gonna still eat that thank you though great (laughs) good for (laughs) you not for
0: me Yes, and also, uh, at least from what I remember from my high school years, the uh, the health and human development subject was uh, a good twenty years behind in research. So. Oh, right!
1: Like even the the curriculum has come a long way, particularly South Australia. Like the microbiome is now in the nutrition curriculum. I can proudly um, report that to everyone. Very exciting. But yeah, like I remember when I was at high school, they were like, you know, saturated fats are really bad. And like, look, you don't want too many of them. But I'm like, can we not de- demonize coconuts? Like, really? You know, guys, yeah. pick a fish to fry in coconut oil.
0: Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about, you know, whole foods being good and processed foods being sometimes foods.
1: And, and it's honestly that simple. Like, it's so complex if you want to get into the bio- biochemistry. But really, if you like, real food, what you enjoy as much as you enjoy, you know, just remember that you'll probably be fine. Stop! Yep. Don't eat things spread with Roundup. That's like probably my biggest thing. I'll <laughs> not be like, Roundup. Now, put it in the bin.
0: <laughs> I love it. So on this podcast, we do like to talk about journeys and successes and all of that good stuff. But I also do like to dive a little bit into failures as well. So what would you say one of your biggest failures was as, as a practitioner and on your career journey? Um,
1: I think I don't know if they're failures but they're lessons that really hurt I think initially not charging enough because I think for me because of my history I, I think this is why I'm going into teaching as well is that I don't believe you should have to have a degree or pay through the nose just to know how to nourish yourself like we literally just said it is simple it is so like it's so complex, but it was so simple at the same time. And I wanted to make it accessible to everyone. And I think it's really natural when you're starting out to be like, oh, like even though you've done like four years of study and you know, me as well I'd written a book and all of that extra stuff and healed myself, I was like, but if I'm just in case I'm not great, like I'll just charge less and then I won't feel guilty if I'm, you know, not good. And it got to the point though where I'm like, oh my God, I'm I'm this is not okay. And I've just, I could feel it, but I'm like, Oh, but like, I think just that struggle of you, I think naturally you're a healer and you're, you'll want to help people and it feels weird to assign a dollar value to that. Even though obviously you deserve to be paid. So I think the stepping it up and raising my prices a bit and kind of going, I don't want to make them so high that someone who was struggling financially, but also struggling with their health were priced out like enough, enough that I'm um, compensated for what I'm giving, but not so much that someone couldn't just save up for a few weeks and have a consult. So I think that balance, so I wouldn't say a failure, but there were definitely, or like I remember um, I went to a client, I do, I do mobile consults a lot of the times, so I go to clients' homes and there was a client who got me to stay longer. Like I was trying to wrap the session up and she just kept asking questions and I have a, like I'd said, you know, like, we need to wrap this up otherwise I'm gonna have to charge you more and then trying to get her to pay that the the overtime amount she was like really weird about it she did but she was really like she almost made me feel bad about it and it was like it was just so awkward and then I felt bad like oh my god am I ripping her off I should have just given that to her for free like Rachel you're you're here to help people like you're so greedy like oh battle in my head and probably just that continuous fear of not talking about my books because I don't want to annoy people or feel like I'm selling, like I don't like marketing. So I don't want to feel like, guys, I've got this product. that's going to change your life. Even though it probably will, Like, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, just doesn't feel like my energy, the money side of things. Um, it, but it's so important as a business owner to, uh, when I say know your worth, I don't mean that in a know your worth, you can charge people hundreds of thousands of dollars because you're worth it. Like I don't like that line of thinking that's just me so that's what someone else feels that is that is their thing and that is okay but for me I'm just that doesn't resonate but you don't need to charge enough that you're compensated for the energy you're giving
0: does that make sense yeah absolutely and it's a really important conversation to have as well because particularly new practitioners like you said you really do struggle to charge your worth as they say or 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 at least charge a, a decent amount given what you put into it because it's not just especially when you're starting out it's not just charging for an hour of your time it's usually charging for multiple hours worth of research and Mm. putting together treatments and all of that sort of thing and it it is something that takes time and it is also something that uh for those who are kind of iffy around that that is where we often do suggest having multiple ways that you help people rather than just the one-on-one because there's always going to be people who are priced out no matter what you charge so even if you are charging $60 a session there is still going to be someone where that is not affordable for them and that's where having options like books like courses like ebooks like programs All of these options give them the ability to to get the information they need, to get a little bit of support, a little bit of accountability, a little bit of motivation to take those first few steps. And from there, they can then decide whether they want to go a little bit further, save up for a few more weeks, or for some people, even just that is enough.
1: Yeah, I definitely love that. Like I love seeing clients, but obviously I'm transitioning to more like my goals to be a full-time high school teacher and then anything else I do on the side will probably be more like astrology readings and healings and stuff. But I get like I think more excited when someone buys a book than when they book in for a consult. Not that I don't love the people that book in for consults. If you're listening, big love to you. I appreciate (laughs) you very much. But, yeah, just when someone buys a book, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited for you to read this. Like that is what lights me up. So.
0: yeah Yeah. but to be fair your books are also your babies yes they are there is an awful lot of rage in each of those books oh yes (laughs) so I think that moves perfectly into my next question which is what does your version of success look like and feel like now that you have gone on this journey through everything that you've studied and continue to study what's your long-term version of success going to look like
1: just being able to reach as many people as they can and yes infuse health and humor into their life um, and help them find their own de- definition of health and success really um, like it never gets old when someone tells you that something has made a difference even if it's just you know someone really needed a, that yoga class they just really needed it and I was able to facilitate it I think it's just being able to touch people's this is gonna sound really cliched, um, but so okay. like get your get your vomit buckets out, everyone. But like touching people's hearts, you know, and and making them laugh, and just being able to do that as much as possible, and get paid for it. Like there's a great word, uh, Japanese word, and I might butcher the pronunciation. I think it's pronounced ikigai, but apologies if I just butchered that, um, but it has like a quadruple meaning. It's uh, doing what you love, doing what the world needs, doing what you're good at and doing what you can be paid for. And I think that is my ultimate version of success.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And listen, even with my own successes, you know, I've, I've had so many awesome goals that I've hit, you know, financial things, launches, all of that. And still to this very day, one of my biggest successes is this wonderful older gentleman who I met at a workshop. So when I've been working as a nutritionist, I've worked a lot with scleroderma and I've worked with scleroderma Victoria delivering um, nutrition workshops, particularly to the rural groups who, um, who gather. And there was this lovely older gentleman uh, and he was at the Lee and Gatha gathering for, for those of you, Melbourne based who know where that is out in out in Gippsland and I was doing, you know, a lot of talk about microbiome, gut, all of that sort of <laughs> thing, because it is an autoimmune disease for those who haven't heard of it. And this gentleman took away from my talk that he was going to start trying to include kombucha every day because they, they tend to have lower stomach acid, so their digestion's pretty messy, so they can use that extra little bit of acidity, and it's good to get some good bugs into there as well. And I went back there to do another talk like, I think about 18 months later. And he just stopped me and he's like, Sam, I've been having my kombucha every single day and I feel amazing. And that to this very day is still one of my biggest successes as a practitioner, is just how much I managed to change one person's life just by doing a workshop.
1: Yeah, it's, I think it is honestly those little things. And that's what excites me so much about being a teacher is that there's going to probably be one thing, I even if it's just one thing, each day, one kid, but that is every single day of the school year for the rest of my career. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things where you might not even know it at the time and they might not know it at the time, but it could be something 10 years later that they made that little change to their life because of something that you shared or got them interested in. And it's had a ripple effect throughout their health, but also the health of the people around them as well. For sure. I love it. I love it. We love a good ripple effect of health and happiness. So I guess one more question is what is one message that you want to share with all of the aspiring practitioners and students out there?
1: I think just knowing there's no rule book for what you want to do you can make it work in any way you want to like I think one of the biggest fears for me was I was like oh nutritionists have to have like a a home base so you have to pay rent somewhere and you have to buy all of this stuff and then I'm like no like I could just be a mobile like nutritionist and go to people's homes which like because how you know I feel like that's what doctors used to do like back in the olden days was like they'd go to the bedside look I'm not at people's bedside that would be weird but um, <laughs> you know kitchen table or outdoor setting and or you know um phone call or zoom or like meeting in a public space for some that works for some people and then I was like oh well then it's, it's like a catch-up but I'm helping them oh cool you know I mean I've been answering questions for friends and family for years now I can get paid for it Amazing. um and then not being scared, like you said to before, like add extra things in, and like you know, I feel like pretty much nothing I've done has been planned. It's all been very guided. Like I suppose nutrition was planned because I had a bit of time to think about that and all of that. But yoga teaching, it was like one week. I just woke up. I'm like, I want to be a yoga teacher, and within a week, I had paid upfront to do a course that started in a few weeks, and then my first gig added gym was um it was the gym I went to and I was rocked up one it was when I was writing my book it was one summer evening and I got there I was about to hop on the machine and the manager was like uh Rach the Pilates instructor's sick you teach something of that caliber don't you I'm like yeah yoga they're like do you want to take the class in like half an hour I'm like I'm not prepared, but sure, that'll be fine. Anyway, and from there I started getting covers and then I got on the books and got my own classes and now I'm like the main yoga teacher there. That led to an opportunity at another gym. I also teach whole classes there a week and it was like just all I'd said to them was, oh, by the way, like here's all my details if ever you need a cover. And so then that kind of happened. The book was like, no, okay, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Oh, look, a book happened. And now astrology, like I just, I really got into that a few years ago and I've just been teaching myself bits and pieces and then at the end like last year I just really like buckled down and because I was just so interested and I'm like oh I actually know quite a lot about this and there's no set way to become an astrologer because it's very much like just immerse yourself in it and learn and then um, translate other people's charts and I did my first paid astrology reading the other day and it's like oh now I can call myself an astrologer as well like so it's don't think yeah like there's no set limit to how much experience you have to have before you call yourself something. Um, And you don't have to just be one thing and you don't have to do it in a certain way. Even if all these people in Instagram are like, this is the way you do it. Some of that might resonate and some of it might scare the crap out of you. And maybe that's because you're not supposed to do it that way. Like there's so many of us in this, in this field, but if we all kind of just follow our hearts and, work in our own ways and our and like spread ourselves over into different areas That's all going to be fine and our it's our way of doing it is going to resonate with other people so you're not if you rub some people up the wrong way don't worry because you're going to rub some people up the right way and I think the biggest thing would be don't wait if you're ready to start because you're probably always going to find an excuse as to why you're not ready. Oh, just just wait a little bit longer. Oh, the timing's not quite right and it's just like it doesn't have to be everything. You don't have to have the full website and heaps of followers on Instagram and all of this sort of stuff. Just when someone asks you, you you'll sit down with them and help them and how much do you charge? Just pull a figure out of your ass and do the thing and then you're like... Oh, that wasn't so scary. Now I've done it. Okay, how did that feel? Do I want to change the price? Do I want to navigate the way I do it differently? But just do something and believe believe in yourself and all you have to do is know more than the person you're working for. You can learn more as you go. Don't feel like you have to know everything because you're never going to know everything. You'll go to your grave still not knowing everything.
0: Absolutely. That is something that I tell new pracs all the time when they get scared, particularly around things like niching I turn around and say, listen, you've already done two, three, four years of study. You're going to know more than the average person who's coming to you for help with that issue.
1: Mm. And if you know, if you get too technical, people just switch off as well. Like some people come to you and they've never heard of the microbiome. They've never heard of Roundup. They've, you know what I mean? They think that there's only one B vitamin. They're like, yeah, the B vitamin. You're like, there are several of them. Um, so, you know, like keeping it whatever you think. Is simple, probably simplify it again, not to dumb things down for people, but just you. I don't think we give ourselves credit for how much we know about our niche thing. And I would say as well, if you just because you've got a health degree and you've been groomed to be a practitioner, if it's not your heart and soul, maybe you like it a bit, maybe there's another way you could use your skills, kind of like me going into teaching. Because as much as I love consulting, I know I love teaching and educating with humor more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love marketing. I never thought I never thought that I liked marketing until I started doing it. And then I'm like, oh, I really like doing this. Yeah,
1: a hundred percent. So yeah, if something doesn't, there's I think, and it can take time to know what's the fear of just I'm scared to fail, I'm scared to try this, but also I'm not vibing with this. There is a distinct difference. It can take a bit of time to realize. Um, but the more and more like you listen to your intuition, the more and more you're like, I'm saying this is a full body no, not because I'm scared of failing, but just because it doesn't resonate versus oh, I could. But what if they reject me?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's still something that even those of us with years of experience under our belt, sometimes it still takes us time to process and figure out, am I just, you know, freaking out because this is a big step or is this something that someone's told me I should do, but? that doesn't necessarily mean I should do it. Or I saw someone do it on Instagram and I know I could do it, but should I do it?
1: That is, oh, my God, I love that you said that. Yes, that's one of my biggest things. I can't believe I didn't say that. Just because you could doesn't mean you should. Like, even a few weeks ago, friends of mine were like, Rachel, your reels are funny. You should get TikTok. So I got TikTok. I'm like, I hate this. There's no, there's no connection. I just, as so I... Deleted it and jumped back on reels, which I am still adoring.
0: So there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Do the stuff that lights you up and get out there and try things like like you did. You downloaded TikTok, you had a look and you're like, nope, not for me. And that's hmm. that's what we need to do with our businesses as well. You know, you dabble, you you put out an offer, you see if anyone nibbles, you see your first person. And if you see someone and you're like, Oh my God, I hated working one on one with that person. Firstly, you want to figure out if it was the person or the process. But if you're like, no, 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 I just really hate the process of sitting there for an hour and, and, you know, going through that, then you go, okay, but I still love nutrition. I still love naturopathy, whatever your modality is. I can use that, but I can use it in a different way. And I think you're a perfect example of someone who's gone through, you know, the studies of nutrition and, Everything about you is still so passionate about it, but you didn't have to go down any route that was what we were told nutritionists could do in order to find what was the best fit for you.
1: 100%. Like we we do a class, I'm pretty sure, towards the end of our degree where, you know, you sit down and go through all the different things you could do. Teaching didn't come up once. Maybe lecturing at university possibly came up. Doing community education definitely came up. But being a school teacher did not come up once because it's not the the obvious thing. And, you know, I was resistant to that. I'm like, I'm not doing another degree. No, but I've, I've learned anything. It's like, when I say I won't do something, just give me a few years, I'll probably be doing it.
0: Yep. Yep. That sounds like about me as well. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So to wrap up, we've obviously talked a little bit about your books, but can we talk a little bit more about what you have to offer?
1: Of course. Um, So I've got um, four books. The first one is a print book. So like paperback Um, that came out before the bushfires. And since then I've done eBooks. I, the world is going that way anyway. And also I just felt a bit guilty printing off a whole lot more paper with how many trees we lost. If we remember the bushfires, I feel like COVID really stole their thunder, but they happened and they were sad. So anyway, um, so, yeah, my first book is called Periods, Through and a Glorious You. And we talked about that at the top of the episode. Um, my second book is like The Barefoot Investor, but for food and body image. It's like eating disorder prevention and recovery. So that's called Peanut Butter and Parodies. It's actually like kind of like his is a 10-month course or whatever it is, like 10 steps to financial freedom. Mine's more like 10 um months to like a really wholesome free relationship with your body and with food um and it's called peanut butter and parodies because instead of with my first book every chapter ended with a recipe every chapter ends with a parody so I've taken a pop song rejigged it um lyrically so it represents you know so you can just imagine the the poo and the wee jokes that went into that Um, then I've got nut butter on life which is an encyclopedia of nuts seeds and their glorious nut uh, butters so that is uh, literally we go through every single nut and seed, all of the benefits, ways to use the butters that come from them. And then there's um, over 100 recipes and serving suggestions at the end of the book. And then um, I've got Fake Meat Isn't Food and Other Things Nutritionists Yell About. That's my latest book and it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, a very long title. The, um, the second part is in brackets though. So we, we could, could just call it Fake Meat Isn't Food and leave it there. Um, but it's a book of essays. I actually wrote it for my best friend for Christmas. It was going to start it off as a tongue in cheek sort of book, just about the things that nutritionists do yell about um, when we catch up. But then I was like, Oh no, other people need to know this stuff like so it's kind of it's a book of essays about the things that really annoy us because they're they should be public knowledge but they're not um and all the misconceptions but it's kind of written kind of like part of it where we me and her are having like dialogue and conversation so there's a lot of banter in it um there's memes it's just really fun it, like it's hilarious like I had so much fun writing it um some people have said it's my best one so far I will let other people be the judge I love all my children equally but yeah it's that's um so they're all my books they all are just incredibly educational and whimsical and it's like you have me there talking to you um people often hear my voice in their head when they read it um so if can I give go for it amazing um so because I adore you guys out there um if i've got a deal for you as listeners um if you get a copy of my first book i will give you whichever one of my second third or fourth you want for free just um email me after you get the first one or send me a dm on instagram and we can sort it out um also if you would like an astrology reading with me um you'll i'll give you a free copy of my first book as well as a thank you for investing in that service that i love giving to people
0: Perfect. And for those who are listening, if you want to grab any of those deals, all of the information about how to get in touch with Rage, the links for the books, all of that sort of thing will be in the show notes. So make sure you follow the link to follow up on that. And I'll make sure that I leave Rachel's email and her Instagram as well. So you can get in contact to snag the deal of your choice. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Rage. It has been a pleasure and a giggle as always.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing.
0: And I look forward to what you bring to the world of high school health in the future.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks, lovely.